Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. This is your host, Christy Haberman. Today we have an interview with Trudy, who's the mother of Hannah. Listen in as we have a conversation about our grief, how the impact the grief has had on our lives. Just a little bit of a disclaimer, I've known Trudy for a long time. Uh, we actually went to high school together. When I started on this grief journey, I only knew one other person that had lost a child. And that circle has slowly grown and grown. And it's really sad to say. So you'll hear us talking about some topics that I cut out because, you know, they referred to the high school days. But I hope um, there's something that you can get from this. And thank you, Trudy, for coming on. And if anyone else is interested in telling their story on the podcast, just reach out to me on Grieving Insomniacs on Facebook, Instagram, or um, email grievinginsomniacs at gmail.com. Thank you. People thinking there was something wrong with me because I wanted to talk about my son. Yeah, sometimes they don't like me talking about Hannah either. Okay. But I do it just to keep her memory alive. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about Hannah and um, a little bit about your story so my listeners can know who they're talking to. Okay. Um, Hannah is my angel. Uh, she was 14 years old, well, 14 and a half. Um she died, she passed away from a um, rare disease called obstructive hydrocephalus, which is fluid on the brain. And there was a cyst in the stem of her brain where they could not operate. And um, she's been gone. Five and a half years. It'll be six in August. So did did they tell you that she was terminal then before she died? No. Um, we had no idea. It came on with no warning. She, on Friday night, the 20... Fifth, I had to work late till like eleven thirty. I came home and talked to her, and she goes, "Mom, I don't feel good. My head hurts. I've been puking." I said, "Did you eat anything, or drink anything, or take anything for your headache?" She goes, "Yeah." At 4.30, I took some Advil and drank a little something, and I picked it all back up. Well, it was that time of the month, so I thought nothing of it because she'd puke and she'd have headaches. So I thought nothing of it. So I had her drink something. First thing she does, puke it back up. And I sat with her for like an hour and I told her she needed to go to bed 
maybe it'd go away if she went to sleep. Um, and I told her to go tell her dad good night, and then I gave her a hug, and we said our prayers like we always did before she went to sleep. And at eight o'clock the next morning, my husband went in to ask her if she was ready to go bowling. She goes, no, I'm still not feeling good. So she went in, or he let her sleep till about 9.30, 10 o'clock, went back in. And he go, he started yelling at me. He thought she was joking that, cause she wasn't moving or nothing. Cause she'd play that trick on us once in a while. She'd just lay there, but he tried getting her up and she was um, unresponsive. She was gurgling when she was breathing. So he had tried doing CPR. He's yelling at me, Trudy, come in. Something's wrong with Hannah. So he kept trying to do CPR, nothing. So we, I got her pants on. We ran her to the car and he put both of us in the back seat. I tried doing CPR on the way to the hospital. Not, I tried the regular, nothing would go in, plus the compressions. Now I turned the baby way over the mouth and through the nose and mouth and nothing went in. Called 911, said we were on our way to the hospital to have emergency or the doctor and nurse outside get to the hospital. Nobody showed up. Nobody was out there but a police officer. Then um, my husband is yelling at the police officer. Somebody, I need help. I need my car. I need my daughter out of the car. There's something wrong. She's not breathing. And then I look down, and there's a, a little piece, little bit of blood on my knee, which is a sign of a, something wrong with the brain. So the police officer calls them. They're doing the compressions. No, um, no breathing, because they don't do that anymore, which is dumb. And... They cut her shirt off her bra, took her up in the hospital room, in the emergency room. Then they bring Joe and I, or my husband and I in. And they put us in a room and there was a chaplain in there. So we knew it wasn't good. Um, then they the doctor comes in and he shows us Hannah's brain and there's nothing on it but fluid. So he goes, we would like to try to stop the fluid and put shunts in her brain to relieve the fluid. So of course we said yes. So they did that after 
she was in our room for like a couple hours. She had wires coming out of her everywhere. Um, then they took her up and did the surgery. And then they brought her back and they checked it. And instead of her brain, instead of the fluid brain being relieved, her brain expanded and her brain, uh, can't think of the word, um, sorry um that's right it it went down into her eye or it um what is the word i'm looking for anyways so then they asked us if we wanted to donate her organs that same night which was the 26th of august on a saturday and we weren't in the mood at that time. We had just found out our daughter had a terrible, dis terrible disease. So our family that was there told them to leave us alone. And we talked to them later after we got rest. So we rested and we tried to figure out, should we do this and then I remember when Hannah was like 12 she her best friend had something wrong with her heart but she's fine now but she wanted to give her she goes if anything happens to Izzy I want her to have my heart I said to my husband I go Hannah would want to give her organs. So first thing first, we um, talk to her best friend's parents and they go, no, she's doing fine. But if you want, there are other, other patients that do need um organs so we said yes to the organ donations so at 10 p.m the 27th of august of 2017 2017 they pronounced hannah brain dead and then life source took over for like three days and they harvested her organs so they could give them to people and um yeah so do you feel like you fulfilled hannah's wish by doing that yes because she is living she, her heart went to a 15-year-old girl in Iowa, and we met her, and she, if you'd see her, her and Hannah look so much alike, but she is doing awesome. Um, she's in college. 
she's going for her bachelor's in psychology and sociology. But I know that's what Hannah would have wanted to do. He didn't want that to happen, but I knew Hannah better than he did. So I know that that's what she would have wanted because she loved people. So, yeah, that's a very brave choice. Yes. I mean, it still hurts. It's like, why them? And my daughter is gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I ask that question all the time. <laughs> well, I do because I see people that I hate them St. Jude commercials. And if I have any listeners, don't come after me because I say I hate St. Jude commercials. But every time I see them and I see that someone survived, I'm like, well, why did they survive and my son didn't? Yeah. Yeah. And why couldn't it have been Hannah that got the whatever? Because I would have done. I have, she's the only recipient that has reached out. I haven't heard from any of them, but if it was, if it, the shoe was on the other foot, I would have reached out to the donor family. Right. But that's just me. Right. Oh, did you have a premonition? I've always wondered about this because I kind of had a premonition that Christopher was going to die. Um, did you have a premonition about Hannah? Um, kind of, sort of. At age 13, we every Sunday on our way to church, mom and dad, what would you do if I died? It's like she knew and then it sort of, it still goes on in my head. Like, did she know? Did she know? And then the pastor, a couple of weeks later, did a sermon on going to the gate to get into heaven. And it's like, and Hannah <laughs> opened the gate. She couldn't figure it out. And then finally, she opened the gate and went in. So it's hard for me to look at that spot at church because it reminds me of that day. Yeah. Yeah. And then my other question is, and this is, I don't know if I'll include it in, but um, did you know the moment she died? Could you feel it? No. No. I did. Nope. Yeah. Because otherwise I would have, I don't, she, I don't know if she was already gone, but she was gurgling. So that could have meant they just told us that she was brain dead and just kept her alive so they could donate her organs. I have no idea. Gotcha. Because I've thought that too. It's like, because I tried to get breaths in her and I just could not. Because I'm CPR certified, so I know how to do it. Right. 
Right. So do you still live in the house that you lived in then? No. No. Nope. Was Nope. it was it hard? To live there? Yes. Yes. But I couldn't take it there anymore. I mean, I'd go. It was like six months after she passed away. I heard a whisper. It was like, I love you, mom. I love you, mom. And it's like, I knew it was her, of course. But she always, like Chris, he sends signs. She sends me signs. Yeah, I did. I did some research. I'll have to look that up. But I did some research and it was in and I talked about it in one of my episodes. And I think that everyone, they took all the research studies and put them together. And 75% of people have either heard, seen, smelled their loved ones, received some kind of sign after their loved one died. Yeah. And another one. She was always doing her nails. So, and she wasn't there anymore. And I didn't hardly do my nails. I'd smell finger, fingernail polish or fingernail polish remover. And it's like, yep, Hannah was here. <laughs> yep. And it's comforting. Yes. And when she doesn't, it, I think she's mad at me, but I know she's not. Mm-hmm. But it's it's probably because I have too much other stuff on my brain and I need to focus more on her than I am the other stuff. So I get more signs. So do you talk about the fact you get signs from your pastor? Do you or do you talk about the signs with your pastor? And what does he say about that? No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. I, I did to the one pastor we had because Hannah was, um, she was the communion. When she got communion, she was a pastor. And when she got confirmed, she was the pastor. Oh, no, she didn't get confirmed there. But she was gone before she got confirmed. And what did they say when you talked about the signs? I never said anything. Oh, you never did? <laughs> no, no. But when I do her birthday balloon releases, there are orb. There's an orb that always follows the balloons up, but not on her anniversary, or I just don't see it. Interesting. Yeah, I had somebody tell me that when I first started talking about signs, like almost immediately when Christopher died. Um, and it wasn't a pastor, but it was someone that believed that way was just like pretty much minimized. I don't remember what she said exactly, but she minimized it very much saying that wasn't even possible. And I still hold resentment for that. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. What I do talk to the pastor in Sioux Falls about it and she goes oh cool once in a while I I get signs from Hannah too because I think about her and she sends signs well that's nice that they that she's willing to hear that yes well she was she was the one that um did Hannah's um 
celebration of life. So, yeah, she knew Hannah pretty well. Oh, so she had a relationship with her. Yeah, because we'd be there every Wednesday. And when the weather was bad down in Yankton, we'd go to church up there. And Hannah was always hugging the pastors. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, do you feel like you're a different person after? Yes. Yes, I'm not. I mean, I'm still Trudy, but I'm not the Trudy I was. Like when I went to school, I'm not that Trudy anymore. Now I'm, I don't know. I believe more, like in signs. I, I don't take life for granted anymore. Yeah. Yeah, once once you experience or look death in the face, everything changes. Yes, yes. But my faith has gotten stronger since she's been gone. I'm very, very curious about that because mine actually <laughs> didn't. So I've, I watch these people, you know, different people that have lost children and um, watch how they cope and stuff and I'm like wow I wonder what that would be like like how, like how do they cope different well the yes because you went the exact opposite I went I went the other direction you went this way and it's like, <laughs> does it provide you comfort like yes that, yes that, knowing she's up there and I'll get to see her again well, yeah, I do have that belief. I do have that. And that I don't know. I just try to better myself so I can see her again. Yeah. And I try to help people that have lost children. I try. Or I try to listen to them. Yeah, try to make it better, right? Yeah. But you can't make it better, but you can sort of be a support system to that person. Well, at least you can't make it worse. Because I've had I had a lot of people make it worse. <laughs> well, you can if you say the wrong thing. I still you might be a parent that loses lost a child. You still don't know what to say to the parent that lost one like yesterday and they're friends of yours and it's like um all I can say is I'm sorry that's all I can say I or I'm here for you that's all I could say or I know what you're going through I what I can't stand like you is when people say oh I lost my mom my dad that is not the same as losing a child. I lost my dad too, but I let him go. It's easier to let because he's old. You're supposed to lose your parent first. You're not supposed to lose your child. I have a whole theory about that, especially for us mothers. 
or I lost, or I lost my dog. It's like it's not the same. <laughs> not even close to being the same. Not even close. I have no. never, I have never felt such gut wrenching pain ever. I know they say. Childbirth hurts. No, losing your child hurts worse. It's much worse. And then after you lose one, you're scared you're going to lose the, uh, if you have more than one, you're scared of losing that one or any of your other children. Terrified. Yep. Panic attack when I hear a siren. Well, see, my my son lives in San Antonio, so it's like I'm scared when the phone rings, and it's a uh, San Antonio number. It's like, no, 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 no. All right, not again. No. And then panic it starts. Yes. And your heart starts beating. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you can't breathe because you're going, oh, shoot. No, 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 no. Yes. And, and I think that's the other part that, that people have a hard time understanding how absolutely terrifying it is that it might happen again. Yeah. And yeah. I hope it doesn't. I hope I, I hope I'm gone before he passes because I can't do two. I can't do two either. Nope. No, just kill me. Like, <laughs> just take me yeah. out. <laughs> just take me out now, Lord. Just, I'm done. Like they do that old cows and chickens. Just, <laughs> just take me out. <laughs> That'll just, be the end. Yeah. I, I physically. So this is the other question I have. Physically, um, my body can't take another shock like that. No, mine can't either. Nope. Um, so do you notice that it aged you or? Um... Yes. 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 But people say you look the same. I say, have you looked at me lately? <laughs> right. Have you looked <laughs> in the mirror? <laughs> and has it affected your physical health? Yes. Me too. Yep, yep. And I just, I don't know. Some days I just want to stay in bed, but I have a job, so I have to get up. So I get up, do my job, come home. Right. Yeah. Me too. I know I, know I look the same, but there's just telltale signs since Hannah passed that are different. I think it aged me like five years. Oh, at least for me. At least. And the and the for me the physical consequences like. Um, chronic illnesses, autoimmune disorders, like all of that all See, started. I don't have the autumn, auto 
immune system, that one. I don't have that one, but like I just ache and pain. Maybe it's my age. I don't know. Yeah. Well, did do you feel um, your emotions physically? A lot of people do. Yeah. Like if if I don't cry, it it goes internal, and then it comes out physical. I just want to just beat people and <laughs> I would say say something wrong. But I'm not that kind of person, but I feel like I want to. I was a much louder person before Christopher died. I'm very quiet now. I was also a very laughy person. And I'm not now. I don't laugh very much. I've finally gotten to where I can laugh. Because I'm going, I say to myself, well, Hannah wouldn't want you to be like this. Hannah would want you to smile. Hannah would want this. So I try to smile. I try to laugh. But the first, I'd say the first three, four years was hard. Yeah. I Honestly, I feel like the first 10. It's only well, got a little. Well, the so the last two years, a little bit. The last year, significantly more. But I'm finally accepting I'll never be the way I was. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Did it affect your relationships? Um. Some of them. Some of them? Yeah. My marriage was fine. I mean, we had our troubles, but it wasn't until his mom passed away that everything went went downhill. And then this this is what really hurt me. He goes, I miss my mom more than I do Hannah. And oh. Hannah's our daughter. So it's like, that, that was, no, you don't say that to a grieving mother. You don't. No. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, no. So, so here's the thing about that. Because I feel like mother's grief is unique. So in Western medicine, have you heard about um, the, like the meridians and the chakras? So meridians are just the energetic system that runs through your body. And then the chakras are just basically energy set centers. So um, there's research out there now where um, females that have never, um, that have boy babies, they find the boy's baby DNA in the mother's blood. Really? Yeah, on so a side. So they'd find Jonathan's blood in mine. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, and the weird thing about the study was, is that women that had never found, who'd never had children had male DNA in their blood. Wow. Yes. But anyway, so um, I think because our children were part of our energy system, which is the meridian, the chakras, um, 
They, they shared our blood. They share our DNA that literally a piece of us is dead. Yeah. Well, it's like half my heart's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a unique experience to women because men don't, the, the men never shared that energetic system with their um, children. Nope. No. And so they don't have that tie and that connection like we do. Like we feel it uniquely different. And there might be some men that argue with me, but um, there just seems something unique about that. The fact that we carried them that makes it so different. Yeah. Because I honestly don't know. Like, so Roger is Christopher's stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. And then Christopher had an adopted father. And I don't know, like his biological father knows he died, but I don't know that he would say he missed them. I'm not sure he'd say that. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just his lost. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, it was his. It was his loss being gone all those years. So, um, yeah. And you know that's kind of a shame because he never, you know, knew him. So, but that's his loss, not mine. Nope. I have I have enough with my own losses. Yes, me too. I don't <laughs> want any more. Nope. Absolutely not. So if it looks like this is going to shut off in a few minutes. When it does, I'll just resend you a new, the same link. Okay. I'll create a new one and send it. Um, what other relationship besides your husband did it affect? Some friends. Some friends? Yeah. And my mom, sort of, kind of. What happened with that one? I don't know. They just don't believe like I do. Oh. Like the signs. and Because my dad passed away uh, eight months before Hannah did. Oh. Yeah. But I don't I don't see her grieving <laughs> my dad. So it's weird. So, well, not so much. So I, I looked into the research. So most of the research being done on grieving people is done by widowers and widows as if somehow they know what it's like to lose a child, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and they said that grief eases in 18 months. If wow. Yeah. And so, you know, when they talk about the norms of grieving, just keep that in mind that they developed that based off of the fact that widows and widowers, which are, you know, 50s and 60s. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. So, that, yeah, just so really would, that's one of those things that when you start digging into like the grief and starting to understand how we developed our psychological theory surrounding grief that's what makes you really realize that um, women and grief are an unknown. 
the research yeah. just doesn't out there isn't out there it doesn't exist and so when we say that this is the way we are experiencing it no one can really tell us we're not experiencing it that way because they really don't know no how do you know what we're experiencing right right and everybody experiences it differently you know like we're similar but we didn't you experience that the same no yeah so it's different for each person it's totally and it might not be the same situation, but we were both grieving our children. Yep. And I and I believe that there's an innate spiritual understanding to that that supersedes words. Yeah. Well, I think. What other relationship besides your husband did it affect? Some friends. Some friends. Yeah. And my mom, sort of, kind of. What happened with that one? I don't know. They just don't believe like I do. Oh. Like the signs. and Because my dad passed away uh, eight months before Hannah did. Oh. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see her grieving <laughs> my dad. So it's weird. So, well, not so much. So I, I looked into the research. So most of the research being done on grieving people is done by widowers and widows as if somehow they know what it's like to lose a child, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and they said that grief eases in 18 months. If wow. Yeah. And so, you know, when they talk about the norms of grieving, just keep that in mind that they developed that based off of the fact that widows and widowers, which are, you know, 50s and 60s. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. So, the, yeah, just so really would that's one of those things that when you start digging into like the grief and starting to understand how we developed our psychological theory surrounding grief, that's what makes you really realize that um, women and grief are an unknown. The research yeah. just doesn't out there, isn't out there. It doesn't exist. And so when we say that this is the way we are experiencing it, no one can really tell us we're not experiencing it that way because they really don't know. No. How do you know what we're experiencing, right? Right. And everybody experiences it differently. You know, like we're similar, but we didn't you experience that the same. No. Yeah. So it's different for each person. It's totally. And it might not be the same situation, but we were both grieving our children. Yep. And I and I believe that there's an innate spiritual understanding to that that supersedes words. Yeah. Well, I think.
There you go. <laughs> I'm going, I can't hear you again. <laughs> well, it had a little message up on top saying, um, Trudy can't hear you yet. <laughs> so when, <laughs> when the message went away, I knew you could hear me. <laughs> uh, okay, so finish what you were saying, you think? I forgot what I was saying. Oh, about oh. understanding. Oh. Yeah. I think Christopher and Hannah are up there, friends, and brought us together again. I believe that, too. Yeah. Because our kids bring, uh, bring their parents to us so we can help them. You know, Christopher do that, used to do that when he was a teenager and stuff. Um, he would bring um, kids to me and say, hey, mom, he really needs some help. Could you talk to him? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I believe that, too. But one friend, I it's hard. I mean, she's lost both her boys and I I've tried to help but I can't I've tried yeah she just doesn't she can't move on yeah did you do EMDR yet um I started oh about two years ago and then my counselor got pregnant and then we couldn't do it and now the weather's not good so I'm gonna start once the weather gets nice did you feel like it unstuck your brain yes me too yes but I was dealing with uh, other stuff so it was hard to work on Hannah and get things worked out there because that's what I was working on well I, I have found that in order to cope with Christopher I had to work on that other stuff too yeah well now that stuff is done <laughs> so now it'll be easier to work on everything. Yeah. It's really weird what happened because my therapist at the time didn't want to work on it because she said that you couldn't really fix grieving. And, and I told her, I don't want to fix it, but I need the trauma piece to go away. And it's really weird how just doing the EMDR on the trauma piece of it, like the shock and the, um, like unstuck my brain. Yeah. And I was at that, I was at that point where she was in the hospital and I was in there with her and I was at that point. And then we had to stop because my counselor had to go have a baby and I'm not switching counselors because I've been with her for seven years. Oh, so, and, she's, and she's helped me a lot through what I've been going through. 
Yeah. They're hard to find them good ones, you know? Yeah. And then if I move back to the Black Hills, I won't have her. So I'll have to start all over again. And I don't like telling my story to everybody. What about telehealth? Will she do telehealth with you? I don't know. She told me she can't because I'm on the other side of the state. Oh, so she must not do telehealth. Oh, it's telehealth. Over the computer like we are. Yeah, yeah, she does. Oh, but she couldn't if you were over here? No. Some people don't like to do EMDR virtually. Oh, well, we haven't tried that yet. That didn't change when Chris died. You're still the same, Christy. <laughs> no, I do. Well, I'm, yeah, sort of. I'm still. I'm. I'm still what I call a truth teller. Yeah, me too. I mean, since Hannah passed away, I've been more of a truth teller than I was before. Oh, see, it silenced me. Nope. It made me uh, say things I probably shouldn't. Oh, no, I, I would say you probably should have been saying them a long time ago. <laughs> There's a lot of, yeah. And honestly, I don't know if you do this, but um, if I see you and I knew you from before, even in high school, I'd turn around and walk away because I don't want to tell you that my son died. You know, when people say, oh, so how's your life? And if you have kids, I hate those questions. Yeah. I don't want to answer it. And so in order to avoid answering it, because, you know, I, I used to, and then I'd start crying. And now if I know you, I'll just walk away, walk the other direction, pretend like I didn't see you. In order order to avoid the conversation. It's not personal. It's just that. But see, I like talking about it. Oh, do you? If they have questions, I'll answer them. I want to keep Hannah's memory alive. That's how I do it, by talking to people about it. Yeah, that's good. And once the weather gets nice, I belong to, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, in Sioux Falls, they have the Compassionate Friends. It's It's for parents grandparents and siblings that have lost children and it's helped me a lot I started going I was doing the online one two months after Hannah passed because I needed somebody because Joe was or my husband wasn't there right he didn't want to talk about it And now I have friends from that group. I have friends, I mean, all over Canada, (laughs) New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. I have friends there besides in South Dakota. Yeah, I went there. It's so interesting. See, that's the part that I find so interesting about this whole grief journey is that like you kind of blossomed and went outward and I went inward and isolated that's not good <laughs> you know well I, was, I told them this at work and they think I'm just crazy but one of my really good friends um when I was in college started the um psychology honor society psychi 
and she tried to get me to join. And I told her, look, I'll join as long as you never make me go to a meeting. <laughs> I said, I am just not a joiner. <laughs> and I think about that. <laughs> You're not a joiner. Uh... <laughs> I'm not a joiner. I just don't join things. <laughs> it's just weird. So yeah. where, where's Kai the Wonder Dog? Interestingly enough, you believe in signs? Yes. My I love signs. Yesterday. It's, let's see, she liked the movie Twilight. Uh, what is the song? Um, oh. It goes... Uh, a thousand years that came on and the climb by Miley Cyrus and may we all by uh, Florida Georgia line and then I think it was last week was it last week I told you that I got three signs from her songs. Yep. <laughs> it's like she pretty much it's songs or she'll shut my phone off when I'm in the middle of a conversation. She'll hang up. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, she just about shut off our internet. Oh, yes. Are you sure it was her? <laughs> No, I just know it was when we were talking about Kai and being here for another two years and I got this message or a few more years and this message came up and said, your internet is unstable. And I went, okay. It's either Hannah or Christopher. Or both. <laughs> or both. Well, hey. we'll I'll see what happens when I do this recording. I'll let you know if something shows up on there. Oh, you'll have to. That is cool. Now yeah. I sort of, I recognize your face now. Oh, do you? Yes. It, you know, it's kind of, it's a little fatter than it used to be. Whatever. Because <laughs> I saw your picture. You sent me a picture of you a while back. I'm going, oh, that's who Christy is. Because Shelly was in. So how is she taking her nephew being gone? Um, she took it pretty hard. See, with me, I can't get Jonathan to talk about his sister. Colin, um, Colin I'll, I'll bring it up and he'll talk for a little bit, a bit about her and then he'll go, mom, I can't talk about it anymore. I can't get anyone to. It's like, uh... <laughs> oh Miranda I'll talk about Hannah that's my ex's middle daughter I really miss Hannah I do too yeah but he, he will not and if it's her birthday if it's her angel history I just gotta stay busy I don't want to think about it I said, Jonathan, it's going to kill you if you don't start talking about her. She wants you to talk about her. 
mom, it's hard right now. So maybe in a couple of years, he'll be able to talk to, about her. I don't know. Colin doesn't. Colin won't talk about Christopher either. Neither will my dad. Nobody, like nobody does. I have to bring it up before anybody says anything. And then they'll start talking about her. Yeah, n not, yep. Yeah. No, it, and it, it's weird, like in Roger's family too, like we'll, I'll bring it up and we'll start talking about it and there's just utter silence. Yep. And yep. in mine, and in mine too. And it's Why do you have to talk about her all the time? I said, because she's part of my life still. Right. She'll she's always... never going to be gone. She'll always be there. Yep. Yeah, you'll have to tell me if there's something on there. That'd be weird if there's voices on there <laughs> or something. Well, I'm surprised. I've had it happen. Because I've you, all of a sudden, you froze. It's like, okay, is it my side or is it Christy's side? Must be your side because I didn't, um, you didn't freeze. No, you froze on your side. Oh, I froze on my side. Yeah, so it might be Christopher. Could be. Little stingers. <laughs> My microphone picks up stuff. Ah. So I would not be surprised. That's cool. Yeah. Even if it's Christopher, let me know. Oh, I will. Yeah, I don't but they that. always help, Christy. They always help. That's good to hear. That was that was always my intent was to help. So hopefully what I said will help somebody else. I I'm really sure. didn't say much. I did actually I think you did I think you did because now remember the whole the whole the whole purpose is to normalize talking about it. Because so you talking about it is gonna give someone else courage to talk about it. Ah, true. You know, it's it's not to and like maybe we do provide insight you know but it um it's not real like we're not really telling people what to do or anything we're just talking just yeah. normalizing it normalize having a conversation talking about the different effects and how it's different from one person to another and somebody's going to hear your story and I'm convinced and I'm actually a hundred percent convinced of this. There's someone out there that has a very similar story that'll get help from you. I hope so. I know so. I've been a therapist too long to not know that. <laughs> well, I couldn't come to you because we're friends. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't know me though anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, no, because that image of you that you had of me back then might interfere with the image that I am now. No, no, I'm not like that. <laughs> yeah.